Welcome to Get Your Fix, a podcast bringing you insights and expertise in facilities management, brought to you by Vixo, changing the way the world sees facilities management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. Make sure that as you're listening along, you're heading to our website, vixo.com, again, V-I-X-X-O.com, and subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Whether on the app or on our website, you'll find a full catalog of previous episodes, and if you subscribe, notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of Get Your Fix, we're continuing our facilities management tips and tricks, this time honing in specifically on the convenience store landscape. As COVID has continued to shape the brick and mortar landscape as a whole, for C stores, this has manifested into a difficult attempt at resiliency, where most C stores have remained open during the whole pandemic as sales have spiraled downward. So today we're hoping to provide some guidance for C-Store facilities managers on how to maneuver their facilities balancing act, both in the short term and in the long term, and how to make actionable decisions on facilities data for the benefit of the store, its workers, and customers. For insights, we're joined by Matt Hooley, Senior Director of Client Relations, and Sumit Carr, Senior Director of Operations, both with Vixo. Matt, Sumit, great to have you both on. How y'all doing? Doing great, Daniel. Thank you. Doing good. Yeah, thanks for having us, Daniel. So let's start by contextualizing our conversation with the most pressing factor that's shaping C stores today, and that would be COVID, obviously. So, how has COVID put additional strain on C store facilities and equipment based on some of the interactions that y'all have had with clients? Yeah, I mean, I can take it uh, to begin with, uh, Daniel. Thank, thanks once again for having having me on this podcast. You know, COVID has changed the landscape of the business, right? Top of mind right now, obviously, is safety and cleanliness. Uh, above all else, right? The safety of the customer is paramount. So so now when you kind of walk into a convenience store or any retail establishment, uh, you're going to see plexiglass between the cashier station and, and the customer. You're going to see directional floor signs kind of dictating traffic flow one way in, one way out. All C stores are going more towards uh, hand dryers in the restroom, touchless toilets, a renewed focus on, on contactless payments, right? So, so really what, what COVID has kind of shifted away of really focusing on, on, on the brick and mortar side of the business, but really kind of digging into how can we keep our customers safe and, and how do we keep our facilities clean, right? So, so now it is a lot more visible when you walk into a convenience store, you see a lot more uh, cleaning all day long, right? Generally speaking, cleaning was reserved for you know, evenings and nights. Now it's happening all the time, especially in, in areas that are commonly touched like you know, doors and handles and all of that. So touch points. So safety first and cleanliness, I, I think that's been the primary shift uh, during COVID. Sometimes uh, people are using the right cleaners and sometimes they're using the, the cleaners that are they're on hand or just whatever they might have. And uh, we, we've seen some impact to some of the equipment because of that. Uh, sometimes harsher uh, chemicals might be used than, than should be. And we've seen things like uh, pin pads on dispensers or uh, other uh, POS equipment, even at the checkout area, might, might get uh, hit by 
chemicals that might do damage to those uh, equipment and, and we've seen a heavier influx of calls looking to replace those. So uh, we really focused a lot on trying to get that word out there to, to try to prevent that from happening by uh, making sure that there's, there's better guidance out there to the C store uh, operators to make sure that they understand uh, what to use and what, what's going to uh, cause uh, more harm than good when they're using the wrong chemicals. Now, how has all of this dominoed into requests coming Vixo's way for equipment maintenance and servicing? Uh, have you seen any impact on an increased demand for servicing or just a uh, more holistic or uh, strategic approach to servicing that is putting any um, fresh pressure on both your teams and the facilities teams? So obviously, Daniel, COVID has had a huge impact on foot traffic, right? And, and, and extrapolating that out, on sales. So revenue is down across the board within the C-Store industry. And, and C-Store owners and, and franchisees really have felt kind of the brunt of that, right? And, and as a result, they're, they're hypersensitive to, to equipment downtime. Uh, they do not want to have anything that's down for any period of time, especially when the customers are walking in so infrequently. And the expectations of the of the owners are, are sky high and, and honestly, understandably so, as they don't want to let down the customers, right? And, and that translates to our teams, to the facilities team, to having to deliver best-in-class service all the time. It's really become hyper-care on, on every single work order because we can't have any equipment down for any extended period of time because that... Uh, that has an adverse effect on the, the pocketbook of the, of the owners, which is already suffering during the COVID pandemic. So I think we've also seen an influx of, of special projects for installs and, and equipment that will help uh, keep hands off of things. So the hands-free use of uh, doors using either uh, automatic door installs or special uh, foot controlled uh, door installs so that you can open or close the door using your foot. And then that goes for, for restrooms as well. I think Sumit mentioned earlier using dryers or at least, uh, you know, touchless ways to, for, to dispense uh, paper towels. Obviously, touchless flush and touchless uh, uh, sinks have also uh, been something that people have considered adding as, as a response to COVID. The, more, the less touches that, uh, that we have, the, the less likely it is that this gets transmitted. So I think we, we've seen an influx in those sort of installs. And of course, the biggest one being the uh, plexiglass barriers. We've seen a lot of installs of plexiglass barriers this year. Uh, and I think uh, that, that wave has probably uh, you know, mostly been ridden out by everyone who's going to install them, having them in. But certainly as, as new uh, stores get built, that, that's a new wave of the future is to make sure that those sort of barriers are, are part of your construction focus as you're designing the store of the future. Now, what are some of the most effective ways that you're seeing C-Store owners meet uh, customers' evolving demands during this COVID period? More specifically, the fact that customers have become a little more discriminating on where they want to shop. They shop online more, and they, because of that sort of a online conditioning, now expect a larger variety of products. Sure. So this is a great question, Dan, and I, I, I want to kind of take it two ways. One is kind of in the store, what is happening? And, and, and we'll get to the second part later. I think, you know, the, the first thing is with the reduction in foot traffic, the, the industry has had to kind of think outside the box, right? To, to look at alternate delivery platforms. Uh, so most importantly, 
the C store industry has really kind of gone away from the traditional box store that we thought of, uh, kind of this grab and go phenomenon, right? The, the C store today looks, feels, smells a lot different than it did even five years ago. And this is even more so relevant during COVID. So, so now when you're walking into these stores, you're seeing expansive fresh food, hot food options, high-end beer and wine selections. You know, you want coffee? It's, it's no longer just, just regular coffee and decaf coffee, right? You have like eight different kinds of coffees. A lot of these uh, convenience stores today have quick service restaurants in them. So it it's, looks different. The options are greatly enhanced from three or four years ago. Uh, the convenience store of today looks completely different than what it did in, in years past. So just kind of delivery in the store is a lot different. And the second, the second portion is we have to look at, given that foot traffic is kind of down and probably will be for a while, what can we do differently, right? Uh, you know, the rewards program has been a huge boon for a lot of, a lot of our customers, right? Uh, for 7-Eleven, for example, they have 40 million people on their seven rewards app. Now that's that's more than one in 10 people. Now this is a captive audience. Customers on the app can request delivery. In, in select markets, you can have food delivered within an hour. So the C-store industry is evolving, right? A, a lot of stores, not only are they doing delivery, you know, they, they're doing curbside delivery. You can just go in and, you know, order on your app, They'll come out, bring out the food and, and whatever else you want and deliver it to your car. So it looks different inside the store with, with a much wider and a deeper breadth of options, but also kind of the, the, this new frontier of, you know, how can we do it differently, right? Customers want what they want. Now, how do we get it to them outside of the traditional kind of walking in uh, and walking out process that was kind of, the, the bread and butter of C stores, right? So it's, it's a lot more online. It's a lot more using the apps. Now, when you go and you use use the app, for example, you get coupons that are tailored to your purchasing habits, right? So it tracks exactly what you've been purchasing, and then it spits out relevant coupons, not just random coupons, relevant coupons to your purchasing habits. So, so big shift in in the delivery of product. So I agree. I think it's really changing the word C-Store and, and the, the convenience aspect of it, that uh, the convenience store used to be something driven from the fact that, that you were already in the store and you're picking up some other things because it was convenient to do so. And now brand loyalty is really driving customers to want that, even if they're not planning on going to the store for some other reason and to order it to get delivered to their house and, and to be curbside pickup. Uh, those new convenient factors are really driving sales. So Matt, I want to point to you specifically now for a second. Uh, you've got a long and successful history of working in the facilities management services industry for some of the largest brands in the space. Uh, for any of the ones that you can speak to, uh, are there any major C stores you can point to as an example of uh, how these facilities needs have manifested for the, the largest players in the space? Yeah, absolutely. I think Suman alluded to it earlier, mentioning 7-Eleven. They're certainly an industry leader in a lot of ways, and they've expanded their delivery from, I think, somewhere around 400 sites to to 
uh, offering delivery in, in 1,300 cities, which is, is quite the, the surge this year. Uh, and, and that surge in delivery also impacts the equipment that they want in the stores to be able to, to deliver those uh, food and beverage options and not just shelf items like uh, candy bars and, and chips and that sort of stuff. They, 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 a lot of the customers want those uh, prepared food options to be able to come to their door uh, and, and have some of those comforts in these tough COVID times. So they, they've definitely expanded their offerings with uh, more restaurants, more quick serve restaurants within their convenience stores that are offering you know, really awesome uh, options to the customer where they can get you know a pizza or chicken or tacos or something like that delivered right to their door. Um, and of course, that means more equipment in the stores uh, to be able to prepare those foods and uh, more service to that equipment. Um, they've also expanded, I think, in-store pickup uh, in most of those same cities where they didn't used to before COVID, I think, offer much of an in-store pickup option. Uh, you can now kind of use that same 7Now app to go in and, and, and choose in-store pickup, and it's it's ready and waiting for you. So you can minimize your, your time in-store and the things that you touch, and uh, in a lot of cases, bring that out to you and, and curbside pickup. I think they've also expanded contactless payment so that uh, you, you can you know, not have to exchange hands with a credit card or press the buttons on a uh, point of sale machine. So all those will really help drive uh, that, that store experience that's that's safer for everyone involved. Sumit, I want to point a question your way too. Uh, your experiences in this space are really diverse and pull from a lot of career experience in different industries, including restaurant operations and facilities management, uh, skills gained in consulting practices and protocols, as well as uh, some skills pulled out of the contact center industry. So if we try to intersect some of those experiences... Compared to other industries, how are hardware challenges for C-stores uh, uniquely challenging, especially during COVID? I would say it's relatively analogous from my perspective, right? So, so at the end of the day, these are all very demanding and competitive industries with, with razor-thin margins, right? Sure. So, so whether you are a restaurant or a convenience store, or, or a different retail establishment of some sort, competition is fierce and, and anything that can generate revenue is top of mind. So whether it's a grill in a restaurant or the display shelf at, at craft store, for example, or a beer cooler in a convenience store, the expectations of those owners are the same. It has to be working. It has to be working all the time. Throw into that the complexity of COVID, where you know we are seeing obviously social distancing, whether it's in a whether it's in a retail establishment, traditional retail establishment, or a convenience store, what we're seeing is is generally wider aisles, maybe cutting down on the inventory, less merchandising, but more relevant merchandising, wider aisles to 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 preserve social distancing. So it's analogous in all of those industries. And I think, I think all of the industries have, have felt the wrath of COVID, right? And everyone wants their equipment that generates revenue, whatever that is, to be working all the time, obviously putting pressure on uh, the facility side of it because everything is a critical request from, from the client, right? They just want everything working all the time. Uh, a lot of businesses now, you know, have reduced hours, right? They're not open 
eight in the morning to 10 at night. They're, they're closing early. So the, the, the number of hours they have to generate revenue has truncated as well. So they, they want to try and get as much revenue in those reduced hours. And, and it's the same, like a restaurant, a regular traditional retail establishment, or, or a convenience store. They're all feeling the pressure of COVID. So let's take all of this context now and try to hone it into some specific tips and tricks, really just actionable insights for facilities managers. So in general, what are the main tips and tricks that you and the rest of the VIXO team recommend and have for facilities managers to best service and operate their C-stores? Not only in the short-term COVID context, but matching any longer-term trends that are affecting the industry as well. For me, Daniel, it's really taking care of your equipment, right? Do the routine stuff. Now, this is kind of similar to, I, I don't know, changing oil in your car, right? Clean the equipment as per the manufacturer's suggestion. Keep the store not just cosmetically clean, but also functionally clean. When a piece of equipment starts giving trouble, get it resolved, right? Call somebody, enter in the service request to get it resolved. The, 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 the business is very reactionary, right? What we see is a work order or a request for services placed when something breaks down. Then it's it's dead. You can't generate any revenue and, and it's probably too late. Might even require to be uh, replaced. But, but you can get ahead of it by noticing that, hey, this piece of equipment is beginning to drag, right? It's beginning to slow down. I'm not sure what is happening, but I know it's not functioning at 100%. At that point, if you were to enter in a call or call your facilities person, you're ahead of the game because at least the piece of equipment is, is working. It might not be working 100%, but you're ahead of the curve. And, and, and so we can kind of look into it, address the issue, rather than once the piece of equipment dies and, and now, now you're kind of dead in the water, right? So, so, so take care of the equipment, you know, do the regular routine cleaning, dusting, all of that. Use the right chemicals like Matt had pointed out. And when you see, when you get to a point where you see something is not quite right, even if you can't put your finger on it, call somebody so we can take a look at it. So many times we, we get tickets that, that get put in by someone and it might just be slightly off. They might have chosen a category from a drop down that's just a little bit different. Or they couldn't find what they were looking for and they just chose what they thought was the closest. Taking that extra time to really make sure that they find the right category to, to make sure that that call when it gets sent over goes to the right person the first time is, is immensely important because if it ends up to the, going to the wrong person, you could end up with uh, extra downtime. You could end up with someone coming out and, and trying to do their best to fix the situation, but really not being the best person for the job. So uh, time and time again, we, we, we see that, that entering good, uh, taking the time to enter the category correctly in whatever system it is that you're Starting the ticket out in is super important, along with getting some some good notes in the system that really describe what's what's wrong. I to give kind of a, a, a fun example. The other day, I was looking through some calls, and it was a, a roofing call. It was correctly categorized as as roof leaking, but the note said "room is liquid," and I don't really know what that means. That the room is made out of liquid. What kind of liquid? Uh, it was just kind of a, a chuckle, but also at the same time. 
an age old issue we have with uh, really needing to make sure you describe it. where where is it liquid? Where are you seeing this liquid? How much of it is there? Those sort of details are really going to help make sure that if if are we responding to an absolute flood? It's it's filled with you know ten feet of water. Or are we talking about there's a corner that has a, a little leak in it? Uh, and and even then, it might not be a roofing situation. It could end up being uh, some other system like the HVAC system that's leaking. So that, those notes really help us make sure we, we get it right the first time. Now, often managing facility repair requests for clients is as much a balancing act for them as it is for you, because often everyone is presenting you with their issue as a top priority issue. So how do you prioritize and meet everyone's needs when often every request is presented as urgent? And walk us through some of those specific ways that you help see stores uh, stay operational and efficient while, you know, keeping uh, priorities realistic for all parties. This is so relevant in today's environment. Just like, you know, most businesses are not operating at full capacity, Neither are contractors, right, who have seen their volume suffer uh, since the advent of COVID. And, and that puts pressure on the system when everything is coming in as a critical call, even though it might not be, right, because our contractors are certainly not running at 100% of bandwidth. So everything seems urgent uh, to, to the customer. And we obviously have an obligation to the client to do the best we can to triage the calls, if you may, uh, because if we didn't do that, that would severely impact their budget, right? If, if everything that was dispatched to us, if the customer had the option, they dispatch everything as, as, a, as a 911 call, right? But if we ran everything as a 911 call, we would blow their budget. So we, we do have an obligation to, to respect their finances and do the best we can to triage the call. And we do that, right? We do that the best we can. Obviously, we, we depend on the customer, to, to Matt's point, to enter in the call correctly. But, but when we see instances of a call being improperly dispatched, we try and catch it early in the process so that we have the contractor going out to the relevant site, right? A uh, simple example, you know, we want the contractor uh, the, the gasoline contractor going out to a site that has all of their gas pumps down versus going out to a site that might have one out of 16 fueling positions down. We want the, the, the fuel service provider to go to the store that has all pumps down first and then go to the site that has one pump down. The one pump down might also have been put in as a 911 call, but it's it's just common sense that we would kind of triage that call so we can get to that the more critical one first and, and, and then get to the second one uh, in a timely fashion within the SLA, but not uh, superseding the first call, right? So this happens, obviously, I'm just using fuel as an example, but across all trades, across all lines of service, we want to do the best job we can uh, servicing our client in, in order of priority. Uh, what's critical is, is obviously critical. And also trying to to have this balancing act so as to to maintain their budget so that uh, they don't blow that as well. And I think we, we try to supplement that with data as much as possible. We, we can only catch and, and triage and, and try to 
make changes to so many of these. And, and as Sumit was, was describing, sometimes it gets difficult to try to do that when there might not be enough information in, in the notes to really differentiate between a, a true priority one issue that's, that's at the top of the list and something that might have been miscategorized, whether accidentally or on purpose, in order to, to drive what, what may be perceived as faster service for a lower priority issue. There's there's only so much of that you can catch in advance. So what we also try to do is, is go back after the fact and, and, and try to capture that through data, through, through kind of keyword searches, uh, through our notes and everything to be able to give that back to the client and, and show them areas of opportunity where they might be able to go after uh, certain areas in, or regions within their their store profiles and uh, talk to those managers or area folks that might be running whole groups of stores and, and better educate them because oftentimes it's not a malicious uh, act. It's, it's more of a, an accident and a piece that, that is, hey, look, facilities is only a small portion of, of what most of these managers have to deal with every day. Uh, and it's often an afterthought and something that, that we, we realize isn't something they have tons of time to put into. So given that little bit of feedback of, of hey, here's where you went wrong, here's what you should have clicked instead, really helps uh, them to, to drive change. And on that note, let's end our podcast today by uh, chatting a little more specifically around data and data analysis. Can you break down some of the different ways that data plays into this servicing approach, both on the client side, so how they should be you know, tracking and uh, managing their data, and then on Vixo's side, how that enables you to give a more holistic servicing approach? Daniel, I think data is absolutely critical to any facilities program. It, it really drives the business. Uh, and and I, I see that especially around assets, uh, a strong asset tracking program, whether it be with a tagging program or, or simple uh, asset tracking as part of invoicing and servicing through our, our various systems allows us to really get a, a firm grasp of, of how often something is being repaired, even with those uh, sometimes accidents that happen in categorizing the actual request for service. You get to find out what asset was really serviced uh, when that service happened and how often it's happened based on the age of the unit. You can make some really pertinent decisions on proactive replacement that might be able to save uh, lots of money uh, by, by going after something before it starts to fail before you're going to need a lot of uh, rush jobs to get it replaced in a, in a quick amount of time, you can do it in a more controlled environment and, and plan for it better in your budgeting. So data really, really uh, drives facilities for sure. Totally agree, Matt. Uh, I have maintained that that analytics and data is, is kind of the next frontier of facilities. Pretty much every facilities company can fix a door, you know, replace a roof, or work on a gas pump or a beverage machine. I think the competitive advantage really is providing the client analytics that tells them more about their business than they ever knew. For us, we want to provide our clients with analytics that sheds light on their assets. This allows them to, to better manage their business by making, like Matt said, proactive decisions regarding what assets to replace, what assets to not replace, you know, why are we con continuously putting money into an asset that has zero book value? We want our clients to address 
their equipment proactively in a business that's very reactive, right? We want to kind of get ahead of the curve so our client can take a look at the data, at the data set, and, and make proactive decisions on replacement so as to reduce the long-term reactive spend. I think at the heart of facilities management is data and analytics. We have to let our customer know uh, and, and give them better insight into, into their equipment. Age, make, model, you know, serial number, uh, how many pieces of, of, of a specific piece of equipment is in their store. Most of our clients have no idea. They just know they have stuff in their store, but they don't break it down that granularly, right? Going back to Matt's point, you know, relevant asset tracking allows us to really have a holistic approach to assets in every single location, and then we extrapolate that out throughout the entire portfolio. So, so critical from an effective facilities management perspective. All right, Sumit, Matt, I believe that wraps up all of our main points for the podcast today. Thank you so far for joining us and for giving us all of these great insights and thought leadership. Just real quick to wrap up what we've talked about today, any parting words of wisdom for facilities managers uh, looking to strategize in the short term or the long term around this broader C-Stores Facilities Balancing Act that everyone's having to face today? Well, I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's, it, it's customer service, right? You want to do the best you can in customer service. And, and customer service is, is supported very strongly by the facility side of it, right? So as and when, and, and I've, I've said this before, you foresee an issue, you foresee something kind of a little bit earlier than it probably is a real problem, you know, reach out to your facilities company and let, let them take a look at it. Uh, don't wait for something to break down to call your partner because that puts customer service at a disadvantage, right? You don't want your frontline people to, to have to explain that something is not working, right? We want to address it on, on the front end. So reach out to your partners in advance. And, and, and you know, it's nuts and bolts, right? It's nuts and bolts and meat and potatoes. Keep your facilities clean. Make sure uh, everything is safe. If you see any safety issues, reach out to your facilities partner and keep the stores clean. So just, just basic stuff, but uh, I think more of a focus towards safety and, and cleanliness. Couldn't agree more, Simon. I think you, you said it very well. Uh, the only other piece I'd add is is to, yes, reach out to your your facilities counterparts when you have an issue, but but to uh, not continue to duplicate and triplicate those same efforts because it can it can cause a lot of issues in the in that same process. If instead of checking up on on something you may have already requested, you just keep uh, submitting new tickets, uh, asking for updates on on something old. So. Uh, it, it's a very important piece in, in the facility's puzzle and process to, to not uh, choke that up with additional requests for the same service. All right, Matt Hooley, Sumit Carr, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Again, Matt is Senior Director of Client Relations and Sumit is Senior Director of Operations, both with Vixo. I appreciate you all joining us on Get Your Fix today. If folks want to find out more about some of the work that you're doing in facilities management and specifically C-Store facilities management and servicing, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? I, I think the easiest way is really to go to our, our website, www.vixo.com. All of the information is there from, from a contractor perspective or from a client perspective. That's really the easiest way to get in touch with us. Perfect. Sounds great. Sumit, Matt. 
thanks again to both of you. Looking forward to chatting again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're going to our website, vixo.com, and subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.